Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And on today's episode, we are going to talk about earth body wisdom with a very special guest named Rochelle Jamila. But before we get into that, I just want to check in. I'm so curious to know what has been coming up for you lately. You know, we've had um, or we do have three planets in retrograde, plus we just had the full moon in Scorpio this past weekend. So if you are someone who is in a space of self-observation and working on, you know, um, understanding what does come up for you in this process of healing, you can join us in the Seeker Circle on Facebook. So I just wanted to extend that invitation again and remind you that you can gain access and learn more on my website, which is theenergeticalchemist.com. So as I mentioned, today we're talking about um, Earth Body Wisdom with Rochelle Jamila. So what this is really about is the wisdom held within Earth and her cycles that teach us how to be well, how to grow, and how to transform. And since earth wisdom highlights the wisdom of our own beings within our own bodies, it makes sense to start honoring both of these life-giving vessels as a means of honoring and understanding our lives. So just think about it, right? You know, Mother Earth provides all of our essential nutrients from the food she grows to the waters held and the seasonal shifts that mirror our own processes of evolution. But even still, somehow, you know, we've gone down a path of neglecting her, which also speaks so deeply to the relationships we have with our own bodies. So today's guest, Rochelle, is going to share how she has learned to honor her temple and how reverence for earth plays a part in her journey of self-love and healing. And she also shares the importance of honoring our ancestors and the wisdom they held. Now, her passion on these topics is infectious, and it really highlights our collective need for more understanding. So I just want to give you a little bit of background about Rochelle. She is a Brooklyn-based Reiki practitioner. She's also a dancer, which is another form of healing for her. She's a doula, and she is originally from Memphis, Tennessee. Now, her work explores healing through dance, voice, connecting to source, and energetic alignment. And she discovered energy healing about two years ago as a means of healing her own trauma and imbalance. And she does this alongside of, you know, other holistic wellness practices. So now she's come to this place where she is very passionate about making energy healing accessible to everyone. And she views holistic self-care as a radical practice towards a liberating future. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy this episode and you can learn more about Rochelle and her work at rochellejamila.com and you can also find her on Instagram at Rochelle underscore Jamila. And of course, the links for all of that are in the show description. So go ahead, take a breath, exhale, release that tension from your shoulders, get comfortable and enjoy the show. Okay, everyone. So welcome to this episode of Reiki Radio. Today, we are here with Rochelle Jamila. And I am excited to have this conversation with you because of how your work highlights, you know, the connection between earth and body, and how this ties into our healing, especially um, with a lot of focus on women. So I want to first welcome you to the show, love. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and to chat about all the healing earth Reiki things. Yes. So that's one of the things before we get into the nature of your work and how this um, earth body connection is really highlighted. Of course, I have to ask, how did you get started in this um, realm of working with Reiki and also becoming a doula? Yeah, well, um, I would say my path began when I graduated college and I kind of just realized I was super burnout and depressed to be quite honest um, and alienated from my body in some ways. And so I was like, okay, 
there's a lot of healing work that needs to happen here. And I just began working with herbs and like began like kind of paying more attention to my cycle and my fertility. And then also got into chakra balancing, uh, which was my first foray into energy medicine. And then from there, kind of just like the rest was history. I learned about Reiki and I did a Reiki attunement um, and found a teacher and began my doula trainings. Okay. So just even with what you said, I guess we will just go right into it because I think it's such an important thing. Um, A lot of us are disconnected from our bodies for so many reasons, right? And for a lot of women, it's um, because of different traumas. And I know that that also ties in with your doula work as well. But was there something specific like in your own life that triggered this for you or brought this awareness to you? Um, you know, I would say I have always been like a young feminist, like even in high school, like that was, I think right as feminism was like right before it was beginning to be trendy. Um, my senior year of high school, my friends and I were like, Hey, like I went to a boarding school. So there was like a weird hookup culture that was happening in the boarding school. Um, where it was like trying to copy colleges, but we were all still like babies. Right. So it was just like really unhealthy. And my friends and I were like, we're like, we read bell hooks. Like, let's talk about feminism. And we were like the pariahs of senior year. Like, I hated us and you loved us. Um, And there was so much like tension from that. And so from there, I went to college and I was studying dance and also decided to study women and gender studies. Um, And so I feel like for me, I don't know if there was ever a specific point of being like, wow, I'm a feminist, or like, I really want to advocate for women. Um, But I had a strong mother, and I saw like the women around me in my community, like always working so hard, and kind of like still being cast in these gender roles. Right. Um, And I was like, no, like, it doesn't make sense. We're so powerful, and we are so magical. Like, we just deserve to like really be fully in our power. It's so, I love hearing you say this and it's interesting because a lot of people um, that I know in my life, we talk about uh, the generation below us and I know you're younger than me, of course, and it's fascinating to us um, how much more tuned in you all seem to be and how you all have um, a lot of focus on, you know, this this whole realm and spectrum of healing and um, identity and what it means to be a woman and empowering yourselves in ways that, you know, we weren't necessarily as focused on at your age. So it's, it's really phenomenal to see. And like, you know, I'm curious to see how this all evolves, like what you all will do and the children you all raise and all of these things. But anyway, um, so (laughs) like, really, it's really true. But you mentioned that you, studied dance and I know that this also ties into like this connection to earth and the body so I want to ask you about that too because a lot of times people think of healing as just you know very specific things like reiki or acupuncture and this how has dance and movement played a part in you feeling connected to your body or even you know connecting to your healing process wow well just hearing that question like brings tears to my eyes because I think about how transformative dance has been in my life. Um, I have danced since I was a three-year-old and I like started in ballet lessons and I've danced through college and now I'm a professional dancer. Um, and so it's really hard for me to even imagine my life without this healing modality, which is like kind of how I see dance now. Definitely was not how I was brought up to see it like in ballet class being all perfect. Um, But now as a contemporary dancer, where I am working in New York and have practices with people who are focused on healing and justice and um, just like transforming our experiences, I see movement as like one of the original medicines. Mm. Um, This is a, there was the medicine that our ancestors were doing and they had other kinds of medicine, but a drum and your feet, if you can walk, you can dance. So for me, I see dance as like really liberating. And I think actually I look at some people in our society who don't have like a dance practice as part of their culture. And 
you can see like how that manifests in people's bodies of like being um, kind of like robotic and not being able to fall into the flows and the rhythms of the earth. Yeah. So that's like, I mean, I could, I could talk about like dance forever and for hours, but I would say that's like my like little window into how I think dance is a healing modality in itself. I love that, that you said, um, fall into the rhythms of the earth. And even you saying that, I think of, yes, I think it's a big part of our culture. I mean, I actually just had a conversation with someone about this a couple of months ago. And um, <laughs> yeah, it, I was talking about how, you know, like we grow up dancing. I mean, like music is everything part of like uh, every family function. And, you know, that's like just um, a form of expression. But when you say that, like catching the rhythm of earth, I have to ask for people who may hear that and be intrigued by that. Do you have a suggestion of how we could maybe do something really simply to feel that or experience that type of connection? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would say um, following music that has drums like drums are really important in capturing that rhythm. Um, and we see that in African diasporic forms of dance and music. So tuning in to some like Afro-Caribbean music, I really love um, going and taking a West African dance class. It, it can be awkward if you've never done West African dance, but wow, it is deeply healing. And that's actually like one of the um, first books I read on energy healing. That was like one of the suggestions for how to get in touch with your root chakra is to go take like an African drumming class and like dance with African drums. So that's just one way I would say. Well, that brings up two things too. Again, like I uh, used to practice belly dancing and in a lot of classes they would have live drummers come and my one of my belly dancing teachers, she also infused like Afro-Caribbean dance in that as well. And it is, there's something so like hypnotic about the drums and the beat of the drum and like what it does inside the body. But it also reminds me of shamanism and how like a lot of people use drumming as a form of moving ourselves into trance or like a static dance and putting ourselves into another state of consciousness so I have to ask you about that too. Like when you are dancing, do you feel like you go into another state of awareness? Like do you, what, what is that like? Hmm. That's such a fun question. Um, I would say for me dancing, it does feel transcendent. It does feel like, and it's, it's specific dancing. I, I mean, I perform on stages and so that's different than I think, having my own personal practice and like twerking in my bedroom, you know, <laughs> like there's such a wide spectrum there of like the kinds of movement I'm doing. Um, but just last weekend I performed in a work that was by this black femme choreographer and it was the most free I've ever been in a performance in like, yeah, in a, in a professional like practice of dancing. Um, and I think, so much of it was because we were just like, it was a group, 10 of us, like black femmes, like singing at the top of our lungs, like R&B songs and like just getting into our groove. And that was so freeing. And I think it speaks to what you were talking about before of like growing up, just like going to cookouts and going to dances and like being around your family and dancing and singing and kind of just like being playful with it. Right. Um, and the potential within that play to really open ourselves up to being like our child selves and like just unleashing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually pretty powerful that you read that as a suggestion um, in a book of energy healing. Cause I mean, obviously I think if we think about it, what it feels like to dance and how um, <laughs> I love watching people when they completely lose themselves, you know, and you can tell like, it's like the music has just entirely taken over them and there's no shame. There's no thought. There's no nothing. They're just like free. And that's like the word, right? Like you do, like you just feel free and alive. So it's really, really powerful. And I hope um, people will give themselves an opportunity to play just thinking about that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I want to make sure to ask you about too, I mean, cause that 
I know is a huge component in your um, work, but I know that you're also a full spectrum doula. And so this is like another aspect of how, you know, the body is connected to earth. And when we spoke before, you shared um, how you got into this and why it was so important to you to support women around their menstrual health and through their birthing cycles. So could you just share with everyone like how that came to be for you and why it matters? Yeah, um, I would say that for me, that kind of began, I had um, a very tricky situation with an IUD. Um, And it was kind of just like, I like got to college. My mom was like, you need an IUD. Like, that's what you need. Like, and so I had all these like, just kind of unideal situations, like beginning with the birth control pill, like as a teenager, um, and then getting an IUD and put in when I was in college and it being like incredibly painful and kind of traumatizing to be quite honest. Um, And I know it's not like that for everyone, but that was my personal experience. And then getting it removed was even more of an ordeal. And um, just the whole time I was like, wow, I could have really used some support through this. And then I began teaching myself about my cycle and following my cycle. And I was like, wow, like we, we just really aren't taught so many of these things. Like our bodies are so complex and so beautiful. And I just feel like I grew up thinking, how can I suppress this? How can I hide this? How can I be as much like, you know, a man and like pretend like I don't bleed every month as possible. Yeah. Um, and so that's like my personal like entryway into being more aware of my cycle. Um, I will also say that in studying women and gender studies in college, I began to learn about the black maternal mortality crisis yeah. and I was just floored and there's no excuse for the fact that um, just like the rates at which black birthing people and their infants are more at risk in our healthcare system. And so for me, I realized like I love black women. I love black femmes. I love the fact that we have this power in our bodies. And I also want to advocate and support us like first and foremost and all people who bleed because we all deserve to feel empowered. And so then I became a doula. (laughs) (laughs) It's really powerful. And I'm glad you point that out because I think a lot of people are unaware of that. Um, the mortality rate and um, with re- relation to birthing in black women. And I also wanted to ask you about if you could explain for people what a full spectrum doula is and what different um, ways you support women from like menstrual health all the way through to postpartum. Yes, for sure. So a full spectrum doula is someone who supports Um, people who have a cycle who are menstruating at any point in their reproductive lives. So at any transition, that could include when someone first gets their period and is going through puberty um, to someone needing to have an abortion or going through miscarriage to birth to uh, postpartum. And I would even say as a doula, I'm super excited to support people going through menopause as well to honor all of the transitions that happen in our cycles throughout our lives and to give those the care and support they deserve. I really love that. I mean, I'm, it's amazing to me because you speak of all this so Um, freely and beautifully and I have to tell you you know like in the years of me growing up and I'm sure a lot of women listening to the show um, will be able to relate to this these topics were really like taboo at a time like no one really spoke about these things I mean even you know the basics that we got in like sex health education and school or like even what our parents may have told us it wasn't in depth and it really does um highlight like what you're saying the importance of i mean we just for an example um one of my clients because i am uh, 42 now and one of my clients she's uh 50 or 52 somewhere in there and she a few months ago sent me an article about um 
perimenopause. And she was like, I'm sending you this because no one told me about this when I was in my 40s. And she's like, I want to make sure you know. And I was just like, wow, it's interesting how so many people go through their whole lives and only learn about their bodies as they're going through these things and didn't have that support. So it's phenomenal that you are doing this type of work, you know? Um, I have to ask you too, is there this component of in what you do, do you find that there is an aspect that things come up for people that highlight other things that need healing in order to connect with and um, I guess kind of honor whatever they may be going through in any phase of the work that you provide? Yeah, yeah. I would say... um a lot of, I think with a lot of women and a lot of my focus right now is, um, I mean, I am supporting a, like birth clients, but a lot of my focus is on people who are just like dealing with period problems, right. which I think, to be quite honest, deserves more of our attention as a society because yes, when people give birth, it's huge and it's so important, but we kind of only give those people our attention because they're creating another person. Whereas they live with their cycles for the rest of their lives. Right. And people have like problems and like PMS or like luteal symptoms that they get every single month. Um, and so a lot of my work lately has been focusing on like learning more about these problems and how to support people through these various like period symptoms or endometriosis, PCOS, um, different symptoms related to cycles. And so much of our, I think, so much of our um, physical manifestations and physical symptoms are connected to imbalances in terms of like suppressing the feminine, like fighting our cycles and not mm-hmm. wanting to really like release into, you know, like having a time of month where maybe we slow down and we're present with our bodies and we give our bodies what they need. Um, and I also think looking at the postpartum um, just like time, it's a window for how we can learn how to treat ourselves during our periods as well. Like yeah. postpartum is the time to slow down, to honor the self, to let the self heal as you're deeply nourishing your body and the human you created. And like our periods are like little tiny windows into how can we deeply nourish ourselves and like deeply rest in those moments so that we can rejuvenate for the rest of the month. And that can affect how we're living our lives and how our bodies feel for the rest of our cycle that month. That I'm smiling because, okay, two things. One, um, when I was younger, I had terrible, terrible cramps. And I literally like every month hated being a woman, you know, Mm -hmm. and it took, uh, you know, like later in my life, and especially once I got into uh, energy work, learning to honor that process and like this cleansing cycle and this whole, just the cycle period and like having a respect for um, the process that our bodies go through, right? So, and, you know, just thinking about that, like I literally hated being a woman at least once a month, like that's kind of intense, you know, and yeah, Yeah, but what you just said, I literally had a meditation during my last cycle where I I was exhausted that day, and I was in my meditation, and the message that came through was exactly that, like, this is a time for you to, like, slow down, like, rejuvenate, like, you're going through, like, this cycle of cleansing and purification, and you need to stop, like, really honor, like, what is going on and pay attention to what is going on, and I was like, wow, yeah, wait. Yeah, because I, I think a lot of times we even need to hear exactly what you said. Like, we need permission sometimes to like, hey, you could take care of yourself. Hey, you can slow down. Hey, listen to your body. All of these different things. So in your work with that, I mean, is that like a big part of what you incorporate in helping people understand the cycle that they're going through and what may be needed and how to nurture themselves through all of it? Yeah, definitely. And I would say, um, particularly with my clients who are menstruating people, mm-hmm. um, I, whether they're Reiki clients or whether they're doula clients, 
I do talk to them about their periods and I do talk to them about um, symptoms that they might be having like back pain. Okay. Well, if you're coming to me in a Reiki session for back pain, let's also talk about how your cycles are. Mm -hmm. Um, And let's like integrate these things because it's a really huge part of being a woman or having a menstruating body. It's, it's, it's like, there's no way to like separate it. Like, Oh, I have these migraines. Like, and they just mysteriously pop up every month. Okay, yes. So meditation could support you as well as let's talk about other things that could support your cycle and just like give you some relief. Yeah. Yeah. That is beautiful. Okay, okay. So I have to, I mean cuz you do it's it's interesting how you have all of these different modalities but again how they really do highlight the importance of being connected to our bodies and um, like honoring the experience of being in body and like what's actually going on. So how does Reiki tie into all of this for you? Do you use Reiki as a totally separate thing or does it come into play in these different sessions that you do throughout your doula work as well? I think I, um, I offer Reiki sessions on their own. And mm-hmm. also if people come see me for doula work or even um, like I work, I know a lot of dancers. So I'm often talking to dancers who don't really have a lot of resources mm-hmm. for like healing modalities. Um, so a lot of the educating I do is sometimes in a studio setting. Um, and it's talking about maybe not even giving Reiki, but it's talking about the principles of Reiki of like mindfulness and of like following your breath and meditating um, and talking about the chakras. I focus a lot on the root chakra and the sacral chakra because I feel like we're a society that's like really up here in the higher chakras. And as people who menstruate, we have a lot of energy happening in those bottom two chakras. And it's really important to, to tend to those. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's part of being rooted and grounded and connected to the earth. So I do try to um, bring attention, I think to those, two chakras in particular, if I have Reiki clients who are bleeding people um, and women. And in my doula sessions, of course, I'm like, I am a Reiki practitioner. And sometimes when you're supporting someone at a birth, they, they need Reiki and the Reiki knows that. So it's not even necessarily like, okay, like, let me turn on my Reiki hands now. But it's kind of just like that intuitive sense of I'm going to support this person and the Reiki flows. Yeah. So I have to ask you, I, there's two things I want to ask you, but this first with um, the work that you do and for anyone listening, if people are having a hard time with their cycles or recognize that there is some kind of disconnect between them and their bodies or like being upset or angry even at their bodies for the process that they're going through, can they come to you for sessions about that? Like, is it a blend of like education as well as like the energy work can come into play as well? Yeah, totally. That's, I think that's my ideal kind of session for, particularly for period problems. Mm -hmm. Um, And as for my period doula work, I work with people in terms of tracking their cycles and learning how to track their cycles, talking about nutrition, talking about um, energy work, how I can support them with some Reiki, but also how they can, you know, balance those chakras for themselves and give themselves relief. Mm-hmm. Um, and then any like plants and herbs that could support them in terms of that healing process. So it's, it's really, um, it's like an integrated practice. And, mm-hmm. and I like, I just like make a cup of tea and we sit and we talk and So that's like, that's probably my favorite thing. I work out of my home and I like always like to have like my little teacups and, you know, like hot nettle tea. Yeah. So we're nourishing ourselves as we're talking about the healing and as we're moving into it. I love that. Now, this is the other thing I had to ask you because when we did speak before, um, you spoke about how you were able to liberate yourself through this understanding. So And I thought that was so powerful too, just the idea of liberating ourselves through becoming more aware of like our body, our connection to earth energy and our body and how our body is even um, a 
another representation of earth itself. So could you just share like how this work has liberated you and how you think people can liberate themselves through this type of understanding? Yes, for sure. Um, so I would say a lot of my work at its core is rooted in climate justice and social justice mm -hmm. as a black woman. And um, I think what this work has done for me also is connect me more deeply to the work, to, to the earth and to my ancestors. Mm -hmm. And for, in that way, it has been um, deeply healing and brought me home. Because I think in our society, we're, we're detached from the earth and we forget that we are actually animals and we depend on this earth for everything. Right. It is an abundant home and it has provided so much for us. But we have a responsibility to our, our mother if we're using that metaphor. Right. Um, and I think that metaphor is, is really helpful because the way we treat the earth as a larger society is very toxic and is very masculine. Um, and she is fertile and she is nourishing and she gives and gives and gives. And so for me, a lot of this work has been like honoring the earth and honoring the earth as the feminine and honoring myself also as the feminine mm -hmm. and realizing that these principles of yin, the feminine principles versus yang, the masculine principles, like yin is slowing down yin is honoring yin is nurturing and that is that is so much of a doula's work and that is so much of the work we need to be doing to heal the earth and to heal our society um so for me my work is it is like one huge metaphor and it is seeing that when we liberate ourselves when we heal ourselves and we empower ourselves with the knowledge of how to do that we also can heal the earth and heal as a collective. Yeah. It's uh, a couple things come to mind when you say that one, it reminds me of, you did mention before attuning our bodies with earth. And I think of how many um, ancient cultures really highlighted our connection to earth and like sinking our own rhythms to earth and how important that was. And, you know, even down to, you know, eating what is in season or honoring the, the shifts in seasons or lunar cycles and all of these things to have more understanding of our own um, workings and, you know, how we uh, function. But you also make me think of this, idea of doula work because I think a lot of times when people hear doula they only associate it with birthing right but it sounds like a lot of what you do is one it seems like you're like this steward of earth in the form of you know like the physical earth as well as earth being the body temple and really highlighting how much support we may um need and don't even recognize necessarily because we haven't been trained to pay attention to earth itself as well as earth as the body temple right so i want to ask you about that like how do you see yourself as like a caretaker of <laughs> both representations of earth energy um yeah i i definitely think so i feel very called to the earth um, mm -hmm. and feel very called to nature. And I think that's part of also connecting to my ancestors and honoring that my ancestors and all of our ancestors were people of the earth. Yes. Um, even, you know, the dominant culture, when we look at Europeans, like their ancestors were also people of the earth. Um, and there was, like colonization that happened in Europe itself. So people trace back to those ancestors who were connected to the earth and did have practices that honored nature and that had traditions that were based out of nature and healing practices based out of nature. There's so much to learn there mm -hmm. and there's so much ancestral wisdom. And if we remember who our ancestors are, we remember who we are. And we remember that we are the earth's children. So I think that's really important to me 
especially right now with like what's happening with climate change, it is incredibly scary. Um, and I think to be a person of my generation, to think about having children, to um, even sometimes I, I've babysat like little kids and they'll come home so distressed about climate change. Mm. This is so, so important. How can we not be stewards of this earth? How can we not be stewards? And women are metaphors for the earth. Like we, in our culture, we are the oppressed. And as humans, we are oppressing the earth. So I think there's just, there's so many layers of connecting our, all of our oppressions and seeing that until we are all liberated, and I mean that as the earth, as black people, as brown people, as transgender um, disabled people like immigrants, the list goes on until we're all liberated. There, none of us are free. Wow, and that's how I see it, <laughs> honey. I know I love it. I'm like, man, I could just imagine people listening to it, like, yes. <laughs> um, and something that you said though, it, it really struck me. Um, because you've mentioned a few times uh, the um, importance in your own work of connecting with our ancestors and our ancestral lineage and it it all kind of ties into that rooting right like going back to even like we use the term of going back to our roots and going back within and going back um like into that connection of what they understood which is very it's extremely powerful but what's interesting is i i have noticed it seems more people are starting to uh, recognize that and move towards that. So even for you and your own practice, um, when you connect with your ancestors, do you have a personal practice of like, you know, altar work or do you do things intentionally out in nature? What does that look like for you? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I think there's so many ways that this can be done for me. I live in New York city So it is hard to like be out in the trees and like one with the forest. (laughs) Um, Although that is totally what I wish for because I'm such a little nature bug. But in my apartment, I do have an altar for my ancestors. And I do have like pictures of my ancestors. Um, I have a plaque from my grandfather's. He was a judge. So I have a plaque from his desk. Mm-hmm. And I have a pair of earrings that belong to my grandmother. Um, and just like, it's a simple altar with like water and sometimes flowers and like seashells. Mm-hmm. And so I think we all have this capacity to invite our ancestors in. And I am definitely no expert in it. Um, my ancestor practice is super young <laughs> and I am on my own journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do know that that is something that is really powerful. Um, and my practices, they come from learning from practitioners who and spiritual leaders who are of African descent. And so that's what I pull from in terms of my ancestor altar. So I encourage people who have um, different backgrounds to learn about the traditions for honoring your ancestors. And some things are simple definitely hang up pictures of your ancestors and like you can call on them anytime you can think to yourself ancestors like support me and there they are um but also like and this is with herbalism this is with like healing modalities I always always encourage people to learn about the practices of your ancestors like what better way to honor them than to like have a practice that is rooted in their traditions right it's um, interesting hearing you say that too. Um, it makes me think about like bringing it back to where we started with dance and how a lot of uh, dance in different cultures are meant to intentionally like invoke the energies and inviting in the ancestors and um, connecting more deeply to uh, you know like the other realms or you know guardians and spirits and these types of things. So it's it's an amazing thing uh, just thinking about like your body of work and how each aspect of it does highlight this earth body connection. Was that even intentional for you or did it just happen to 
plan, pan out that way? Well, first of all, thank you. <laughs> uh, that's, that's really great to hear that it is also well integrated. Um, I think it was like, it, it happened in many different like seeds. Mm -hmm. And then there was a point where I was like, wow, I am becoming a doula. And wow, I am a dancer. And I have a Reiki practice. But wait, I don't want these things to all feel separate. Right. Um, and I actually did go through a fellowship, like a community healing performance art fellowship with um, Ebony Noel Golden, who's I would call one of my mentors. And that was a really huge step for me in integrating all of these things with spirit and with mm -hmm. ancestors and with my own African and Southern black roots. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to say that and speak to that, that it, it definitely was a conscious choice once I realized I was interested in all of these things to begin to understand how to weave them together. Because yeah. it can be like, I didn't want to feel like I was putting on just like a totally different hat every time I went somewhere else. Right. <laughs> you know, that, that makes total sense. And it highlights um, a theme, you know, fortunately on the podcast, I get to speak to so many beautiful practitioners of various modalities. But one thing that has highlighted and the same has been true for me is that we all kind of craft our way, you know, so no matter what you study, at some point, it's like you, you have to make it your own, right? And you have to figure out what feels right and true to you in your personal practice. And so it sounds like you're doing that. And that's amazing. I have to ask you this, though, with it. Were, was that something that just came easily for you? Did you ever like question like, Ooh, does am I, you know, messing something up to integrate all of these things? Or did it really just feel like they harmonized well together from the beginning? Um, hmm. I would definitely say I, I wanted things to integrate so much more easily than they did yeah, um, yeah. at the beginning, especially with dance, because I'm so formally trained. Uh, um, I think it was very difficult to begin to step out of that formal training and think about how can herbs be utilized in this? Like how, because I, I have a herbal practice that I'm, and it's a personal practice at the moment right. um, with some knowledge around like doula work in particular, but I am deeply passionate about working with plant accomplices and plant allies. And so I was like, how do I incorporate herbs into my dance? Like, I feel like we need nature. We need like the herbs. Um, and most recently I choreographed a dance that was somewhat based on my relationship with cotton root bark. Um, and that was, I think, for me, the first time I felt like I was fully beginning to like synthesize and integrate those two. And a lot of it comes from, instead of just like focusing so literally on this plant needs to be like in the dance, it's more like, okay, what does this plant mean? What did it mean to my ancestors? What does it mean to me right now? Um, what does it symbolize? What context historically was it within? Mm -hmm. And how can I move from there? And so it became this beautiful dance like with cotton, which I view as an accomplice, um, particularly to enslaved African women uh, as a form of contraception. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, I felt so like empowered by that. And I was like, all right, it's going to be an empowering dance. Here we go. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It, um, well, you're saying that too. I mean, on a couple of different levels, it's uh, interesting how um, powerful that must be to connect with that history, but to be able to express it in a form of like devotion. I mean, that, that has to be powerful. I can't even imagine um, even not being the dancer, but visually being able to, gosh, if I ever come to New York, I'm gonna have to come see you perform. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will say too, for people listening, you do have beautiful imagery on your Instagram, which we'll share at the end. But um, gosh, what was I going to say to you? Now I totally left my brain. It was about the dance. I don't know. <laughs> like it, it just oh, left on. me. Yeah. <laughs> like, gosh, brain fart. But yeah, I think that is um, so beautiful. And oh, I know what it was. It reminds me of you saying that too. It reminds me of in yoga 
And a lot of people may not realize it, but you know, when you take yoga teacher training, you find out that so many of the poses are mimicking, you know, nature, like whether different animals or literally there's like a mountain pose or like a tree pose and all of these things. And again, uh, these different physical embodiments and representations that we're doing that can also connect us with and remind us that we are a reflection of earth and we are of earth. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's really kind of peppered in so many things, even if we're not fully aware of it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I didn't, I practice yoga and hearing you say that I, it didn't even register with me. Like, Oh, when I'm doing this mountain pose, I can literally embody the energy of the mountain. Right. Wow. Right. Yeah. And yeah, you really think about all of the poses are named after like animals or, you know, something in nature. Yeah. And it's, it, I think the one that really struck me is like um, cat cow and like downward dog, you know, like really thinking of like, well, what would a cat feel like, like coming into this pose and these different mm-hmm. things? Um, yeah, it, it seems like hearing you say what you're saying and again, thinking of yoga because I'm not a dancer, but it, it it's like it kind of activate something in our field like it's almost like activating our dna that remembrance that we're connected to all things like you're not separate from the mountain the tree the ancestors all of that is alive within you and giving yourself this opportunity to express that has to be healing oh yeah (laughs) yeah it definitely is i mean i think i've begun to see dance differently i think doing the rest of my work and kind of just realizing I don't want to be doing dancing for the sake of dancing, mm-hmm. like abstract dancing, um, which I think is kind of a, a privileged perspective of art is to make art that is like supposed to be abstract and not influenced by like all of our histories. Um, mm-hmm. And I just see dance as fundamentally so powerful for our collective healing that it deserves to be infused and like understood with all of these stories and all these complexities. No, totally. And I want to share with how people can connect with you, but there's one last thing I have to ask you about. Um, when we spoke, you spoke, you said we have innate power and magic, even if we don't realize it. And I was like, yes, honey. Yes. <laughs> wow, I said that. So what does that mean? <laughs> yes. That. We have innate power and magic, even if we don't realize it. Mm. yes <laughs> that's, that's a word I, that's a word I gave I guess I love yes. it <laughs> you know it's it's beautiful and it's impactful and I hope that through this conversation so much of what you shared will inspire people to start to tune into their body and be more mindful of earth and start to see those um synchronicities between them and you know the great mother that would be amazing <laughs> That would be amazing. And I I know it will happen. It will. We will all like rise to our abundance and honor that we have this inside of us. Rise to our abundance. Honey, you are dropping them. That is. (laughs) Yes, everybody listening, rise to your abundance. Like really chew on that. Just that (laughs) for a moment. So I want to ask you, um, I'm sure, you know, people can connect with you through your website and we'll give that and the links to connect with you will also be in the show description as well. But for those that are local to New York, do you teach um, dance classes? Like can people actually have the opportunity to dance with you or is that not? At this moment, I do not teach dance classes. Um, Eh, I might in the future. I have, I I go off and on like teaching workshops and things. I do teach workshops. So I post about those on my website and they're kind of sporadic, like every few months. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. So what can people connect with you with specifically? We talked about the doula work, but do they have to be in New York or do you do remote sessions with people? Are you able to discuss with people like online or by phone or anything like that? Yeah, I'm super happy to do remote work. Um, People can connect with me for literally, as I was saying, full spectrum work. So anything from um, menstrual concerns, like learning how to track your cycle. Um, I'm really excited right now about 
working with clients on endometriosis and PCOS, ovarian cysts, things that are like affecting their daily lives. Um, and then of course, birth, postpartum, menopause, puberty, literally everything. Uh, so you can connect with me about those from far away or here in NYC. Beautiful. So how can we contact you? What is your website? Yeah. So my website is rochellejamila.com and that's R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E-J-A-M-I-L-A.com. And on social media, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah. So my Instagram is the same as my website. It's Rochelle underscore Jamila. Rochelle underscore Jamila. Beautiful. So RochelleJamila.com. And I am, of course, going to put that in the show notes just to make it very easy for everyone. And I have to tell you, you know, your work and your point of view and your message, all of it is very inspiring. And I'm so thankful that you came to share all of this with us today. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for creating this platform for people to learn and share about important healing work. Oh, you know, us Aquarians, it's all about community, right? Like, yes. <laughs> yes, honey. Aquarius, like, come on. It's a community. It is communal support. And, you know, there's nothing like it. So it is really an honor for me to hold this space. And thank you so much. And for everyone listening, you can connect with Rochelle. Be sure to let her know if any of her words have inspired you. And we will see you all next time. Wonderful. Thank you again. Okay, everyone. So hopefully you were inspired by that beautiful story shared with us today by Rochelle. And I want to thank you again, Rochelle, for coming on the show and sharing your experiences with us. And for those of you listening, if you want to send her a message or reach out to her or follow her work, be sure to go to her website, RochelleJamila.com or on Instagram at Rochelle underscore Jamila. Again, all of that information is in the show notes. And if you do enjoy the podcast and the guests who have been coming on to share with us, please take just a moment and you know rate the show on iTunes. You can leave a review. It's just you taking a moment of time to you know give the show a rating will help us to grow and continue to have more guests coming on to support all of us in our journeys of transformation. And also, you can learn more about the Seeker Circle on my website, which is theenergeticalchemist.com. I hope to see you there. And remember to always journey in love.